1: You know you need a minute. I needed that minute. And and many more. Man, look, hey, you, you can go ahead and say whatever you need to say because I'm still having a hard time processing not only what I saw yesterday, what I saw the week before that, what I saw the week before that, and the seventeen weeks that preceded. Those weeks, Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Next thing you're going to tell me, like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to go to the Stanley Cup final. You're going to mess around and tell me the Sacramento Kings are going to win the Western Conference. You might as well tell me that that Al Green's loser in how how can you mend a broken heart? That loser did win. How could a loser ever win? The loser won. I can't believe it. I can't believe the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. But worse than that, because that's a great story, but worse than that is you get to sit here with your little cigar and your pocket square. Looks nice though. Nice jacket with Sarah's sunglasses on you get to sit there?
2: <laughs> These mine. Maybe they are unisex but they mine.
1: <laughs> I just got I got to get something. I got to get I got to get some joke off here because this is amazing. It's amazing. You call, like you didn't even all you wanted to do this is this is putting 10 dollars down on a bet and having to pay off in a million because all you wanted to do is be right about Jamar Chase. That's how this whole thing started. Like look, I just want to show you that Jamar Chase is that dude. That's all you wanted. You ain't think Cincinnati was going to win the AFC North. You didn't think they were going to win the AFC. But now
2: I didn't. I didn't, we just we just heard that well, I did. See, well, I, I, in the interest of time, and wonderful job Wyatt well, and there. Gary, in the interest of time, they couldn't list all of my predictions throughout the season because we'd have been oh. here all day. That was an abbreviated version. Come on. Of how much on, I've player. gassed up this Bengals Come bandwagon on, since the draft. You have, you've gassed
1: them up, you've gassed him up. You have gassed him up you did not think they were going to the Super Bowl. They didn't. Hey, and hey, look, Joe, your boy, Cigar Joe, no, 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 no. His words, he said, if you told me before the season that we were going to the Super Bowl, I think you're a little crazy. That's what he said, oh, Joe
2: Burrow. Oh, oh, so 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 since I didn't pick them before the season, that's somehow so so oh that's your, that's that's your okay. I knew you had some up your sleeve today, so you're gonna discredit no, it. No. you're gonna discredit no, it. Is what you're doing? I not my preseason I'm not discrediting
1: pick. anything. Not okay, discrediting okay, anything. okay it, all right.
2: Like, you you picked
1: them in what September, October? They win the Super Bowl. When'd you pick them? <laughs> <laughs> When'd you? Wait, wait! I just want to know.
2: Bef- I just want to before before yes before Sunday. Oh. I t- before Sunday, that's all that matters. Before oh, Sunday. Oh man!
1: Oh all right, man! Let me, listen, let me
2: let me tell you something. Oh, that's all, 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 right. all I gotta say. This is all I gotta say. This is all I gotta say. Playboy. All right, this all. I gotta this say.
1: is the best for Cincinnati and the worst for me. This is the worst.
2: No, I'm no, it's okay. Look it's okay. Cause Look Michael, you don't lose, you win. You don't lose, you win. You go wear, uh, wear this. You go wear this the whole you time. You don't lose, you learn. I'm you I beg your this. pardon. You don't. You, I might. I might. You don't lose, you learn. And you learned a valuable lesson, Michael. And here's a valuable lesson that you should have already known from our friendship of 20 years. All right. Just stick with me, bro. I ain't gonna steal you wrong. About this sports thing in general, but this football thing in particular. Just stick with me, cause I know it when I see it. You know, but you're right about you're right about one thing, Mike. You're right about one thing. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you because you gave me a dog in this fight. You you know, you gave me a dog in this fight, because if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest and I'm always honest, I call it like I see it. I just happen to see it before most people do. All right. If I am being honest, I actually didn't like the Bengals growing up. I love the way Boomer Esiason. uh, I love his play fakes. I tried to emulate his play fakes. And I did the Icky yeah, Shuffle gotcha. when I scored a couple of times at elementary school. But I didn't like the Bengals because they were saying who that after, or they were saying who they after who the they. Saints fans were saying who that. That I, 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 I rubbed me the right. wrong way. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. They were yeah, saying yeah. who they after we said who that. But you're absolutely right, and, Michael.
1: And, 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 and it doesn't fit battle, Cincinnati like it fits New Orleans, right? I mean, that's a New Orleans thing. It don't fit like no, who they, Cincinnati, but, New Orleans. But I let them live.
2: But that's, that's neither right. here nor there at this point. All okay, right. good. But you're right, this, this war that we've been fighting all year, it began as all wars began, with a grievance. And this started from you telling me on draft day that the selection of the best receiver in college football yeah. was the latest yeah. example of why the Bengals, I believe your words were were, the Bengals don't want to win. Mm. They don't want to win, I think is what your words were. Mm. And so, yes. That forced me
3: to defend
2: the Cincinnati Bengals. I just want to go through some of these receipts. They don't want to win, or or they're too cheap to win. Um, They should have taken Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase. And you've seen this movie before. The Bengals taking a wide receiver when they need front seven help. You even told me that Jamar Chase wasn't the best receiver in college football. Oh, you remember that? You laughed. Well, I remember all of it. I got all the receipts. Get comfortable. You ain't a
1: all. You ain't got. A ball. You, ain't
2: got a you ball. laughed when Jamar Chase dropped balls in the preseason. You no, you didn't laugh. You cackled when Jamar Chase. what you do? Dropped balls What'd in the preseason. Do? I didn't laugh. I told you he's he was gonna be all right. I told no, you he was no, gonna be lying. all right.
1: Now you lie. Now you lie. You can't sit up and lie. You, you got told got the, me. Listen. You got all the leverage. You got all the leverage. You don't lie. You don't have to lie? You got truth on your side. I ain't got too loud to, lie to kick it. I ain't
2: got to loud to kick it. Okay. You told go ahead, me go ahead, go ahead. that they were frauds and pretenders when they lost to Mike White's Jets. And I'll admit, that was a hard day for me. That was a hard day for That's me to tough. come to work that day. Yeah. You told me that they would not make the playoffs and said to me, say they gonna make the playoffs. Saying, I said, yes, Michael, they will make the playoffs. All right? Then you told me that they had nothing for the Titans. Your Titans yeah, They will get that work. They go get that work and because last but certainly not least they go get that work. They don't have what Kansas City have has. right? There you go. You told me they had no chance to win in Kansas City. I didn't say no chance. So once again, more or less, you script. said no chance. Don't don't know. I didn't. Okay, I beg your pardon. Don't hey. Ask, don't ask. hey, don't laugh. Hey, my guy, my guy, my guy. This is my moment, okay? This is my Super Bowl. No, okay, it ain't your moment
1: to, to to have like alter alternative facts,
2: okay? I'm not. Come I on. was there when you said it, cause I had to defend the Bengals through the whole the whole season. So did I uh, see this coming in the preseason? Nobody did. This is a tie. This is tied for the quickest turnaround from worst to first in NFL history. It's the first number one overall pick to get his team in the Super Bowl in his second year, okay? Year two. This doesn't happen. So no, I didn't see this coming in the preseason, but I saw something special brewing in Cincinnati. I saw something special brewing. And Michael, I know how much you like to hate on the Bengals, whether it's your Akron, Ohio growing up and the Steelers fan that got you are, or the no, got whatever. Okay, I know you hate me right about now. Because how they, they were a factor. How much did you hate How much did you hate watching Mike Brown? Hold that, that trophy, that AFC Championship Lamar Hunt Trophy. I know that had to burn. I know that had to burn you up. I know nah, that had to burn you
1: nah. up. no, nah, listen, listen. I, I just like, before before this. Because oh, they, the, they got the they got the
2: cheapest they're the cheapest organization. They got the smallest scouting they staff. I've well, they I've seen this they movie before. They, they do. They, 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 they do. They do. They, they're always they're, all, they're, all, they're the bungles. Hey, yeah. You, had, you have might. so many jokes.
1: No, listen, the team has overcome what's good, around it. Maybe the team, maybe the team, maybe the team will inspire the rest of the organization to, to operate at a championship level. Zach Taylor has Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase has a lot of guys on the roster have the organization is stuck in. I'd like to say stuck in a different era, but no because Paul Brown when Paul Brown was there. That's when they got to the two previous Super Bowls.
2: The great. This how this is supposed to go. I'll never say anything about it. This, this, this ain't how this is supposed to go. You know what you're supposed to do right now, playboy? What? You're supposed to, you're supposed to sit there and take this medicine. See? Okay, well, look. Don't, don't ask anything. me questions
1: then. Well, go ahead. Okay. okay we'll well, keep well, going. They're rhetorical
2: questions. Keep they're going. Rhetorical they're questions. Well, they're rhetorical questions. Don't ask me questions. Don't ask they're me rhetorical. questions. They're rhetorical. Go ahead. I wasn't really asking you anything because when it comes to this subject in particular, you have no credibility. But I will ask you a question in a moment, but I just want to say this. I just want to say this. Right. I do want to say this. Y'all told me Zach Taylor was going to be the first one to get fired. Oh my God. You know, no, I do have a regret. I do have a regret. The o- only regret I have Who said the that? only regret that I have y'all, they, they said it. See, uh, A lot of people said it. Though. Stop the lying. Though. Dude, stop only, though. You, got, you got the, the truth on your side. Just regret the regret that I have truth. You just make the, only up today. the only regret that no, I have the only regret that I have is that I didn't talk up the defense enough. That's the only regret that I have. I spent so much time so much time talking about Joe and Jamar and and Joe Mixon and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I didn't spend enough time talking about that defense Michael, right? That's the one regret that I have. So the only question I have as we wrap up this portion of the conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack this game more is as much as you yeah. hated on the Bengals this year as much as you hate me right now. Honestly, I don't hate you. haven't you come to haven't you come to love this team. I love the story. It's a great story. It
1: it really is. It's amazing. That's what I'm saying. I'm just blown away at the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl this year. Now I know they've been but you know, last time that they went, I mean, you you barely were potty trained back last time they went to the to the Super Bowl. So I mean, it's been a long time Mike Smith and um, just for the record just for the record. I want to let you know when they went the first time. I was rooting for them. Pete Johnson big Pete Johnson uh, back in uh, 81 82. I watched this, the, that, that game when it was 59 below. They beat the Chargers. I was rooting for them and then uh, I was not rooting for them the second time with San Francisco. Um, that late touchdown pass from Joe Montana. So look man great story great for great for Southwestern Ohio great for the Cincinnati Bengals great for the Brown family great for the Burrow family the Chase family everybody who is uh, supporting the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't see it coming. I'm shocked. I'm stunned. All sorts of things. Only thing I'm, I'm more surprised by is that you don't even know how to smoke that cigar. Shame on you. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what to do with that. I'm doing this fine. You don't
2: know I'm doing, doing. this fine. As we go to break the door. I need to hear these words from you. All I need to hear from your ass is I can't do it. Michael. I can't do it. You was right. I can't do it. No, and I will never <laughs> doubt you again. <laughs> Michael, you hey, should hey, have been a GM. Nobody knows more football than you, Michael. That's what I need to hear from you. That's what I need to hear from you.
1: Gary, how, how, how much time we got? Oh man, look, we up against the clock. Maybe a little later in the show, bro. We, mm. we, we, uh we up against, we up against the clock right now. Uh, we don't have time. Mm. I, I see. I see mm. it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Right. It's been a All long right, time go, go coming. Lead. Learn how to smoke that cigar, though.
2: You ain't smoking it. Mind your business. Make a pick right, you can smoke it. If you make a pick right one of these (laughs) days, maybe you could actually (laughs) smoke one yourself. If you get something right, your broken clock. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: Tom Brady's retirement may have been a false start. After initial reports said the GOAT was calling it a career, now it's not so clear. Conflicting reports say he called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to say he hasn't made up his mind one way or the other. Plus, his dad shot those initial reports down. Now, either somebody got it really, really wrong, or Brady's upset that his announcement got stepped on. It seems, according to the latest report by Ian Rappaport, that it's the latter. But even TB12 had to delete a tweet. So when it comes to whether Brady is actually retired, I guess we'll see soon enough.
2: Yeah, Saturday was wild. And to help us sort it out, figured who better to bring in than Seth Wickersham, author of It Is Better To Be Feared. Uh, somebody who knows Tom Brady as well as anybody outside the Brady family and household uh, and knows how this guy thinks and knows what makes him tick. Thanks for coming through, Seth. Like, listen, I mean, it is 3.23 Eastern. Uh, the Let's Go podcast is later on this afternoon. Could be a hype video drop at any moment. Man in the Arena has another episode left, so I'll start here. Is it as simple as Brady wanting to control the announcement, own his announcement, or is he actually still deliberating his decision? From what you wrote on ESPN+, Plus, seems like you're convinced uh, that he just wants to only announcement that this is inevitable.
3: I think it's inevitable. I also think that you know the the people who knew is an extremely small circle of people, and you know I think that it's not it's not just about making an announcement for the public. I think it's about talking to the Bucks the right way. I mean, Tom Brady, you know, as frustrated as he might be by the way that the Bucks lost the game last weekend, you know watching the defense isolate a safety on Cooper cup with the game on the line. He loves those coaches and he's proud of what he did there. And I think that he would want to let them know the right way also. But I think in the bigger picture, the last maybe month and a half of the season, there's been a constant word from people close to Tom Brady and in the Bucks building that this looked like it was going to be it. And the reasons why are, are, many and they're layered and I can go into as many of them as you guys want but I do think that this is it and I think that you know I have no inside information on this but I'm guessing that later this week or maybe the week after the Super Bowl Tom might make it official
1: you know what, said uh, I said to Mike before um, that I'm not really that I'm not really used to this Tom Brady the Tom Brady that we've heard in the last two or three months you know going into the 2021 season there was no talk of retirement he was ready to go I love this Uh, I got a lot of energy and then it started to turn start to turn a little bit even before his Jim Gray his most recent Jim Gray podcast interview what do you think that was what was that what was that turn about what what happened something happened in uh in the locker room or at home that kind of turned that
3: well, and it's it's not just this year. It's it's his entire two decades in the NFL. As you guys know, I mean, Tom Brady was a master and has been a master at, you know, being the most likable and endearing company man that there is out there. And this year especially, um, you know, it maybe began when he did Tom vs. Time in 2018. But, like, this year especially, he has ventured into things beyond – being Tom Brady, the quarterback. He started his podcast. um, The Brady brand, which he launched, the clothing line is, you know, something he's extremely excited about. Talks with, talks about, you know, with a reverence that most people would assume is reserved just for football. And I think that there's a combination of things. I think that The toll on his body. He referenced it the other day on his podcast. We all know that he hides injuries better than than anybody ever. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't have them. It is hard to play pro football. He's made it look easy for so long that it's easy to forget. But it is really hard to play at a high level. And I do think that the family situation is real. And I also think that... He just seems ready. And even though, yes, he's talked about playing until he was age 45 and even into his 50s, I think that, again, about a month and a half ago, things changed. And especially those people close to him noticed that he would talk about the Brady brand and things like this, things that he was really excited about and excited to see where they might go. Um, As we all know, when legends retire, you know, that high doesn't last very long. They get bored. They get stir-crazy. They, you know, might regret that they retired, but I do think right. that this is something that he's thought about for a long time. You know, talking about that void in his life without the game, um, talking about, you know, seeking therapy perhaps to help try to help him navigate it. He said for a long time that football is his first love. His wife has said that football is his first love. And I think it's going to be a challenge. But all that said, it just seems like that he's ready for it. And plus, if he came back for one more year, everybody would know that would be his last year. And you guys know, Tom, he does not like fusses. And a year-long, a year-long parade celebrating him, a farewell tour, would be a fuss times a 1,000.
2: Seth, you more or less uh, did a fantastic job of of answering my question, but I'll ask it anyway to kind of spin it forward a little bit. I'll remix it because I was going to ask, but you, you hit on it. You know, what is somebody who has obsessed over and been so maniacal about his craft and then choose to walk away from it? This is never has anybody been this good for this long in this game and to choose to walk away from it when he could clearly play at the highest level. He said, I'll leave when I suck. Far from that. Like, I was, I was going to ask you, what does he do for fulfillment? But it's not, what you're describing is, not only is he ready, he's prepared. So I'll ask you about the thing that's kind of been thrown around, which is, is, could this end up being a sabbatical, or is it too soon to say, or once he's done, he's done?
3: I mean, you never say never with him, but I do think that he's said many times, you know, when you're done, you're done. And it's one of the reasons why he's kept up this maniacal pace. You guys know the Patriots' culture as well as everybody. Imagine what it what you become twenty years of working with Bill Belichick and under that pressure, with that attention to detail, and then you know you go to Tampa Bay. Obviously, a looser atmosphere. Loves the coaches there, but you know they're not as buttoned up as the Patriots. I mean, I think they're kind of proud of that, and sometimes those breakdowns, you know, are evident on the field. And I think that. You know, the Bucks are, are a team that's in transition, and there's going to be a lot of roster turnover. I think that, you know, he sees mistakes that nobody else will ever see, and he knows things that keep him awake at night that the rest of us don't even notice. And I think hmm. that living like that has got to not only take a toll, but also – I'd be curious, just fascinated, what is it like living without that? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's yeah. like, you know, a moving walkway that you just step off and you keep walking. I think that that transition after, you know, being that obsessed and that maniacal and that hard on himself is really interesting.
1: Hey, you know, before I close, I, I want to say to both of you guys, as the brother from another ombudsman, okay, let me just, <laughs> let me just point out something that I've noticed over the years, and I saw it come up a little bit uh, over the weekend. I, I always tell people about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick loves when you don't do journalism. The more you do journalism, the more irritated he is by your journalism. He likes content, and, and Tom Brady the same way. Tom Brady likes content, but not necessarily old school shoe leather journalism. So right. he, he and he and Belichick—that's another Belichick and Brady. Uh, symbiotic thing. I say that to say, come on, y'all. Over the weekend, when this announcement came out, and and we saw as we showed some of those tweets. Hold on. Hey, Tom Brady Sr. says, not so fast. Come on. Of course, Tom Brady Sr. has got to say, not so fast. Of course, the Bucks are gonna say it hasn't been confirmed. They're terrified of Tom. I was just disappointed in the media reaction to, is this really a retirement? What's
3: wrong with y'all? Well, right? am, I, Adam, am I messed up on this? And Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington are, you know, they're, they're so plugged in. And, you know, they wouldn't just go with this cavalierly. Remember, they reported a week ago that he was, you know, non committal in terms of returning to the Bucs. And I'm glad you I'm glad mentioned so Tom huh? Senior. You know, in, in the book, I wrote about this this speech that he had prepared to give Tom, his son, in 2000, when it looked like he might go undrafted, and it looked like his football career was going to be over. And he had learned it from, um, you know, a parent that he had met along the way. That you know, athletic careers come to an end, and sometimes they come to an end in junior high, sometimes in high school, sometimes in college, and sometimes after a couple years in the pros. But they all come to an end. And just because they come to an end, doesn't mean that life is over. There is a life without athletics and playing professional and even any kind of sports. Think of, you guys know Tom Senior. He's waited a long time to give that speech to his son. Finally, you know, it looks like he's going to get to deliver it.
2: Hey, Seth, speaking of deliver, you always do, man. Uh, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thanks for falling through, dropping some knowledge. Nobody knows this man better than you, and that's hard to do. And that says a lot (laughs) about you, man. So thanks a lot. Keep up the great work.
3: If you haven't
2: read it, Now's a real good time to read it. Catch up. Um, Michael, I feel like that rant was directed at me. Let me read you a text that I got over the weekend when the news was, uh, this was Saturday at 3 27 PM when the news was just breaking that he had retired <clears throat> before Tom Brady set yet another record with the quickest comeback from a retirement in sports history. Uh, <laughs> Quote, this is where it helps being around a dude for 20 years. If he sounds or moves just a little bit different, antenna go up. That's why I knew he was done. Simple as that. Now that text came from somebody who of his eight books, exactly half of them have been about the New England Patriots dynasty and Tom Brady. Obviously, I'm talking about present company. I'm talking about somebody who, if you don't know, if you don't know nothing else, you know, the Patriots, I give you that. But I, I sense your frustration. Like, come on! Like, isn't it obvious what's happening here? Yeah. It's not. It's not that I. It's not that I doubt your intuition, or Seth's intuition for that matter, or the reporting by at least one person who I know is close to the Brady camp, and they would. Right. It wouldn't go with it if he weren't fairly certain. Not to mention, right. There had been too much smoke for there not to be fire. Mike, I'll just right. be honest with you. Maybe I'm just in denial. Maybe I'm just in denial. Maybe I'm at the point now where I'll just believe it when I see it. Or I don't want to believe that it's over because unlike every other great player who retired, at least in my lifetime, you saw it coming. I mean, I'm trying to remember somebody who retired arguably at their apex I mean, in terms of their ability. I mean, Jim Brown walked away after leading the league in Russia and I wasn't born yet. You understand what I'm saying? Right, so right, I don't know, right, I don't know right. what it looks like for somebody to not have the game retire them. Whether it's John Elway, yeah. Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Michael Strahan, Jerome Bettis, Michael Jordan. N- n- well, that's the last time. And Jordan came back. Yeah, yeah. So if you yeah, want to compare, right, right. if you want to compare, he came back twice. If you want to compare Brady nice. and Jordan in this regard. It's that Jordan shocked the world when he walked away after the first three Pete and he went and play baseball and he came right back. He walked away in his prime. That's the only time I can remember being like, oh my God, is he done? But he came back so quickly until it became a, a footnote in history for Tom Brady to walk away. Now, I guess it's just weird to watch somebody call it quits when he's still going to get MVP votes. And as, as somebody yeah. who has been there from the beginning, somebody on Twitter, Michael, hit me with a, a Boston Sunday Globe article from September 30th, 2001. Written there it by is. yours truly. There written it by is. yours truly. Yeah, I was like, man, I've been there from the beginning. So imagining a world, an NFL without Tom Brady playing in it, not just being connected to it, playing in it, I guess for me, I don't want to believe it until I hear it from him. So I'm holding out hope that he's actually torn. That maybe the reality has already set in like, wait, am I actually prepared to do this? Am I actually going to walk away after the season I just had? I got I can still do this. I don't want to hang it up just yet. Maybe I'm just holding out hope that the writing that's on the wall that you and others are reading so clearly isn't the reality.
1: Now, look, first of all, the, the text was not directed at you. Specifically, it was you,
2: not. You sent it to me.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I mean, well, not that, not the. T- I'm sorry. The
2: rant. I'm sorry.
1: The text. Oh, oh the, the text, rant. Okay. The text was. The text was directed at you. The rant. Right. My bad. Like the group text. The rant was not directed at right. you. I mean, I you. you just have to know. You just have to know who these guys are, and this, and and Tom Brady, especially now, especially in the last five years, he really has leaned into. All the things that Tom Brady is. And and for those who, like, you know, Michael, you saw him from the beginning as that article, that that Globe article uh, testifies. But those who haven't been watching him from the beginning, they'd be surprised to see this Tom Brady, this business, this marketing savant, compared to the Tom Brady that a lot of us saw. Would have never seen that (laughs) coming. So I think part of it was, look, he. It was good. Okay, I, I got a decade in the game. I'm still going. Oh, I got another decade in the game. I'm going into my third decade uh, in football. I'm feeling pretty good. And the other thing is Giselle Giselle. I thought, you know, she really started to look at that Patriot model I'm like that Patriot way. Uh, nah, bruh, you're Tom Brady. You're Tom Brady. Don't, don't you know how to capitalize on your brand? Don't you know that This is so valuable. Why are you taking all these team-friendly deals? Why do you accept this? Why do you allow Bill Belichick to talk to you like you're a third-year quarterback who hasn't accomplished anything? So I think there's been a change there with Brady. But I think it's weird, Mike. I think it's weird not to see this coming. Tom Brady, I mean, he's a grown man. Dude, you're about to be 45 years old. At 45, I can imagine at 45, you walk around the locker room, you say, why am I walking they around They all room?
2: The, they are young enough to be I'm your children. Yeah. You're old enough to be their dad. I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a
1: grown-ass man. I'm a grown-ass I'm, I'm walking around here. Yeah. <laughs> In, call, locker call room. Dudes, I'm just saying, Calling other dudes hey, delicious?
2: Hey, I ain't calling call like. you delicious, dog. I ain't calling you yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, delicious.
1: Yeah. Delicious. Hold yeah. hold up. Hold up, man. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just really hard to imagine that. But, I think it's easy for him to walk away. I don't think it's hard to walk away. You know what makes it hard to walk away for some, and, and I'd say for football players, for musicians, artists, or whatever. What makes it hard, I would think, is if people, if there's some debate about your greatness. Like you're trying to prove some aspect of greatness, and for whatever reason, there's resistance from the public. Hey, they don't—they don't get what you're trying to put down. I'm trying to show you I'm the greatest ever. I'm trying to show I'm the what? greatest singer. I'm the yeah. greatest musician, greatest lawyer. But he's already proven his greatness. He's got the championships. He's got the hardware. That wear. sounds good. And now, so his right. Re- and now, wait, well, wait, wait. But here's the other thing. I think he probably got to the point. I don't know when he reached it. Oh, okay, I'll say it this way. When you were 12 years old, and somebody said, "Hey," You know, 25, when you're 25, you're like, 25, man, that's so far away, 25, they're so different, you can't even imagine, like, 13 years forward, because you're in one place. So when he was, when he talked about, I'll suck, I'll retire when I suck, that was was eight years ago, and he probably thought, I might suck in eight years, but he probably figured out, four years later, I'm never going to suck. I will never L- suck.
2: So what's <laughs> the right. or not, not, Well, as we said, not bad enough to actually not be able to compete. Let me say this before we before we hit this other break. I, again, I'm rooting for you to be wrong, not based on our usual, you know, Michael versus Michael banter playful thing that we have. I just I don't want to see it end. I'm not ready for it to end. I'm not ready to say goodbye. When
1: you gonna be ready. It's been 22 years when you when you think you're gonna be ready.
2: 22, 22 years. years red never his known reputation. to forget a number. on the line. So what I'm saying to you though is I disagree fundamentally with the statement you made about his resume is complete. Therefore, he has nothing to prove his own wife asked him what he has some if he has something to prove if this were about proving something Tom Brady would have retired a long time ago. There's only so much that external validation and there's only so much that a chip on your shoulder is going to fuel you. People like Tom Brady don't play this long this well if they're looking for other people to say yeah you're the goat or yeah you're the best or you got it or you know like I don't think that's ever that's, I don't think that's fueled him for a long time it fueled him early on 199 fueled him early he on still does. And, it, and, still he, does. and even Deflate game out of fueled him but he has long still since done. stopped being the guy that you know nobody really believed in. And that was a fourth stringer, and that, and that right. lost his job to Drew Henson. That's not what keeps him coming back, Michael. If external validation is what drives you, all it's going to do is drive you not crazy. The, no, it's not going to keep you coming back validation. for twenty years. No, no, you no, said, you said, okay, time out. This is what yeah, I heard. It. This is what I heard you say. This is what I heard you say. That if people were debating his greatness, that's right. not what you said.
1: I, I define that as
2: external validation. But
1: I, I, I. I didn't say that drove. That's him. how I define it.
2: I said, but
1: I didn't say well, you said it would be that, easier that, that for him.
2: it would be harder for him to walk it, away if harder. that were still yes. in question. Yes, I'm saying yes. I don't think I that has that. anything to do with it. So I'll leave. I'll leave you with this. That's, that's fine. I, I'll leave you with this though. All I'm saying is I'm hopeful that everybody wasn't just towing the TV 12 company line from Tom Brady senior to Bruce Arians to the organization. I hope he wasn't lying to them and they were lying to the media on his behalf with quote Tom has not made a decision yet. I'm hopeful I get how it works. This ain't my first rodeo. I was born yesterday, but I stayed up all night. I get it, but I'm hopeful that there's actually something to that part of the story that Brady actually told the Bucks the truth, which is I have not made a decision even if it's all of an act to, uh, uh, his, his way listen. of manipulating this entire process, yeah. you can laugh. I'm telling you, I'm hopeful. No, I'm not telling you what it no, is. No, this is not even, I'm telling I'm I'm laughing. I'm not at telling you how tweet. it is. I'm telling you how I hope it could.
3: Yeah, listen.
2: It could be, be delaying inevitable. It could happen. It could happen tonight. Tomorrow we could be saying goodbye. It's just hard to say goodbye. Let's go to break because we got to get to the Rams. We haven't even talked about the Rams yet. Um, we got to talk about my other dog in the fight. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, Michael. Did you pick him? Did you I might break the cigar Rams? out again? I might whoa, break whoa, 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 the cigarettes. Don't let the facts get away with the story. Oh,
1: no. Oh, no, we, oh, hold on. Oh, oh no. We're going to break. No, I the
2: cigar might be kind of
1: No, it, Oh I got the it I got the here.
2: Oh I got the receipt. Don't worry, it, until, I got the
1: receipt. Until the moment where it counted. Hey, hey, hey sir, before you before you put the push the submit button, are you sure? And then you got a little cold feet. You got cold feet at the last second.
4: Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since
1: 1939. No, 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 you know, no. You know, I remember. This. Yeah, no, stop that. I remember, okay, Michael. So, I, I, remember okay. I remember Friday.
2: what? I remember Friday. Friday? Okay. What well, 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 you, do you remember? Friday, player. Do you remember Friday? Uh, I, remember every, I remember. I remember everything. Like the Winter Soldier. Okay. I remember everything. I remember all of so, them. Okay. Why? So you do. All right.
1: So, um, do you remember who you picked in the NFC Championship game with, between the Rams and 49ers? They did play in the NFC Championship
2: game, right? I remember. I remember. I picked San Francisco. Pick? I picked San okay. Francisco. So.
1: So wait a minute. I, know what I, I know what I said.
2: I was there when I said it. No. Take the hat off. No. Okay, wait a minute then. No. So
1: you don't believe it then. So you hey, what your you faith mean? is not strong. You ain't got that mustard seed faith. Your faith is not strong enough, player. Because no. if no, you no, no, believe no, no, no. players it, mess up. If you really believe players mess up. Okay. Hey, hey, if you thought, <laughs>
2: <Okay>. if, <laughs> if you thought okay. the Rams,
1: if you love the Rams that much, this is where it counts. This is what it was all about. This is why they put all the chips in there. This is why Von Miller's here and Odell Beckham Jr. and Matthew Stafford. That's why they're Listen, here. Aaron Donald was saying, earlier. Aaron Donald, your cousin, your, your your little brother, Aaron Donald.
2: My real brother from uh, the little
1: no. uh-huh. o- only, in, only in age, little. Um, but he said, I've done everything else except
2: go to the Super Bowl and win it. Let me let me speak so, for myself here. Let me let me, let me explain myself. and you Why'd and you, you asked be- me that on Friday. You asked me that on Friday when I picked it. You was like, oh, you're gonna get off from Give now. Give me that cigar.
1: Throw that cigar up here. No. That's my cigar. No. no it's my team. No, it's my no. team now.
2: Boy. <laughs> Boy, if I was there I'd dive on you right about now. Let me tell you something. Here's it's the my rule. House. Okay. Here, it's here's my the house. Rules. Here's the rule. If you build again, if you build the bandwagon and you gas it up, speed bumps and all, your yeah. seat is permanently reserved. Now, yes, I told you I regretted earlier in the show not talking more about Cincinnati's defense. In hindsight, yeah, I regret not sticking with the same team I have been on all year, the Rams and going with San Francisco because admittedly, yes, Michael see I unlike you can admit when I'm wrong because it's so rare. It's not that uncomfortable for me. It happens yeah. once in a while. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers somebody else to do it constantly. Okay, so yeah. I got caught up. But if I didn't
1: bother me either, right? If You do it constantly. That doesn't necessarily
2: bother you. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I got caught up in the constant in the one sided nature. Of this matchup. I got caught up in San Francisco winning sixth straight, even though I remember you saying, yeah, but it's not like they've dominated the sixth straight. It's like, you know, they've been close games. Each one is a character of their own. So I got too caught up in that, too caught up in San Francisco's physicality. But I will say this for myself. And I'm, listen, I, I own it. I own it. Okay. Even if I got to stand on the bandwagon that I built, so be it. If I gave up my seat, so be it. You can't have my seat. Mm-hmm. That's for damn sure.
1: I'll Check this out. Seat. I got my own seat. Listen, I'm li- listen to
2: this. I'm listen, driving now. But listen, listen to this. The last three seasons, Michael, teams other than the 49ers are 23 and 0 when leading by 10 or more points in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. The Niners are now three and two. You remember the other one, of course, the Super Bowl. But this is what yeah. I want to get to. All right, and then I'll give the floor back to you. Matthew Stafford had lost 26 straight starts when trailing by Mm -hmm. 10 or more points entering the fourth quarter. Okay, did something he hadn't done before the Rams had lost 14 straight such games under Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. So what I what I what I the reason I deserve to flex. The reason I deserve to puff on this cigar. The reason I could take another victory lap with my LA Rams is because I remember you telling me that Matthew Stafford was not a winner. I remember you telling me that the Rams were crazy and were disrespecting Jared Goff by shipping two ones, a three, and Goff to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, who had not won a playoff game. I had to endure you and Doc Johnson calling him Stat Padford. I remember I you telling that. me. I never called him that. Yeah. Well, you laughed. I remember you telling me. I did laugh. I did laugh. That (laughs) I remember you telling me that Odell Beckham was finished, that he was toast. Okay, I remember you telling me that he was not a team player, a player that you could win with. You know, you know okay. what I You, you know told I'm me, you, know, you, you, questioned, you questioned my choices as a person. You questioned my judgment of character when what you failed to realize, Michael, and what I underestimated on Friday and what I underestimated in the fourth quarter when they were down 10 points to the team that I did pick, what I underestimated yeah. is the Rams, they are characters and they have character, says yeah, Winston yeah, Wolf. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yes. I apologize for no, that. Yeah. But I've been on this bandwagon you know, like, way too long to give it up now. So you got to you got to you got to take this all this smoke is for you too. you don't I, you don't, don't. credit and, for picking at the it. last minute.
1: No, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't want the credit. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the credit. I deserve what I'm getting right now. And you know what this you know how this feels. A- anybody can relate to this. I'm gonna try to keep this. Uh, no, it's not PG. It's not PG 13. It's higher than that. Uh, let's call it. Uh, let's say said what they still have like NC 17 or whatever. I don't think so. So whatever they don't have that anymore. So, so hey, so, you know, yeah, I don't think so. But but you know, this is like and, and men and women um, can relate to this. What I'm go, hearing you say that right now hearing you say all those things. I said <laughs> the only thing I didn't say the only thing I didn't say <laughs> was the Stat Padford, or Pat Statford, whatever, and all this stuff. I don't even know how to say it. So I said it. But I did say that about Odell Beckham Jr. I, I was talking about Jared Goff. I was caping up for Jared Goff. Caping up for
2: Jared but Goff.
1: Jared Goff. But hearing you say all that stuff right now, it's yeah. like waking up the next morning and looking over and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like, who who are you? I just who got regular old crackers. I thought it was a risk. Who are you? I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm sorry. It's not it's, Wait this, a minute. it's not you, it's Wait, me. I'm laughing. I'm sorry.
2: Wait, are you, is your mistake the things you said or is or is your mistake yeah. teaming up with me? No, 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 it's the thing. It's like you gotta sit you gotta sit oh, okay. with the things. <laughs> You gotta I thought you with, meant your mistake was like no. deciding like hey, we're going to do this show together. <laughs> no, no, bro. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like because I wouldn't blame you, you right gotta, about now because I'm at my most insufferable insufferable no, best it's today, good though. So I wouldn't blame it's you. It's good. I yeah. mean,
1: listen, I, I deserve it. I deserve and it. And that's saying something. It's me. like it's like living with your consequences. Like you've done this. These are the consequences. You you said they it. Is that what you said? Is that what sleep you did? Sleeping in it. Yeah. And you're sleeping in it and he got to wake up. And you got to wake up and and see what you did months before, nights before, days before. Anyway, uh, look, man, I'm telling you, I I know I said all the the requisite things about the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, hey, congratulations. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm
3: -hmm. But Mm -hmm. with
1: the Rams, it's really right there. I really mean it. I I don't know. Did I ever tell you the story about Uncle Stan? Mm-mm. I never told you the Uncle Stan story, Uncle Stan Cronkie."
2: Okay. We
1: do call we do call him Uncle Stan at my house. I got a Stan. You didn't know. I, I never told you the Stan Cronky story. I, I I I'll make it brief. So. Doesn't sound familiar. I'll make it brief. So I, I had the privilege. What a blessing it was to do a, a book called War Room. You know War Room. Yeah. So that was a yeah. book that was uh, it was based on the Kansas City Chiefs. Scott Pioli was there at the time. Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov was there at the time in the Patriots. So it was really these three franchises, great access, a lot of fun doing these books. In Atlanta, Dimitrov was the general manager. His assistant general manager was Les Need. Right. So Les, Les Need after their 2010 season, he has a job interview in St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams. Stan Kroenke... Comes into the interview, says, "I know who you are. I've read this great book, War Room. Mm. T- tell me more about it." And wow. Les need is telling him about War Room. Stan Kroenke, won't he do it? Stan Kroenke <laughs> orders hundreds of copies of War Room. No shit. For the no shit. For the Rams. For the Rams. Once. For his hot. For his hockey team for his soccer team. Thank you.
2: Bestseller because
1: of uncle Stan
2: that's not so two things. Wait, two things one. why were you guessing up the Rams bandwagon all year? And two, <laughs> right, right. what's up with the plug? Right. We going to LA this weekend. What's up with the plug dog? I mean, because for all you know, war room might be the secret to how Everybody talks about this great organizational culture. You might be the reason why the Rams are going back to the Super Bowl. I'm old enough to remember when the idea of a team playing in a Super Bowl in his home stadium was a pipe dream. Now it's happened back to back years, and it might be because of you, man. Hey, you should have. You, you you don't know. you don't want me to be questioning your 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 judgment that you wasn't kissing the Rams' ass all year, given what Stan Crockett did yeah. for you. Who knew? Who yeah. knew? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Stan Kroenke.
1: That's what wow, I got. That's a great now, story. People say,
3: "People say, story, are like Stan
1: Kroenke, Stan Kroenke." Right? How dare you say anything nice about Stan Kroenke? But hey,
2: come on. Hey, hey, man, look, man, there's he nothing not wrong to you. All right, look, we've yeah. had some, we've had some fun. We're already through an hour. I have completed my victory lap. We, in, in, in the next hour man I really do these were some amazing games these last two weekends so have been so, a treat so many let's, great let's, let's, games let's get great story we, we've had we've had some fun we've had some fun let's yeah. get into the character and then we gotta break down these games and what we saw we, we, we you know I, I, I've had my fun it's been real you've been a good sport I've had my fun I will give you one last chance on the way out to say the magic words Michael you're the brightest football mind I know and I will never doubt you again Go ahead. Say it. You'll feel good. You'll feel better. Say it. Go ahead say it. That's okay. I don't need you to say it. I don't need you to say it because I know it. I know it. Stick with me, dog. I'm telling you. Just stick with me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I know know it when I see it.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Went out and got him because we thought it was a chance to be able to get a great player of his magnitude. Those things don't come around often. What he's done, he's elevated everybody around him. He's made me a better coach. He's made his teammates better. He's such a great person. I think you guys know from getting a chance to interact with him. If you don't root for this guy, something's wrong with you. And um, you know, he's a great competitor. I think we saw that each of the last. We've seen that really throughout the whole season, but I think it's really been on uh, on display these last couple weeks. We talk about competitive greatness all the time. Being your best when your best was required. He embodied competitive greatness today. Love Matthew Stafford.
2: And we love us and Charles Robinson and love our Monday visits with him. Charles, Mm. uh, on one hand, you got the Rams, and they're all in approach to acquiring proven veteran talent, most notably, of course, Matthew Stafford. And on the other hand, you got the Bengals who are in the Super Bowl uh, two years after winning two games and in Joe Burrow's second season. I wonder what are your league contacts your sources that you're in constant communication with what are they saying about these two programs and these organizations making it to the super bowl in such divergent ways one doing it unconventionally the other one building it from the ground up
5: yeah i mean they are they're definitely different builds i mean you look at the Bengals; um you have to give them some applause because they hit on a number of draft picks i mean look at the skill positions alone on offense um, offensive line could use some work. I think that'll get some devotion uh, this offseason. But man. yeah, but you know they they've they spent a little bit of money in free agency. They're not the cheapskates that we always accuse them of. They you know they went out there and, and spent a little cash. But thank they you, really, Charles. They, really accentu- <laughs> they, they accentuated some good draft classes, you know, and uh, Joe Burrow hitting huge on a quarterback like this who not only has physical you know, tools to bring to the table, but then also has the leadership aspect of it that, that uh, it's going to get cliche throughout his career, but he really clearly has that. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a real quick story about Joe Burrow. A couple of years ago, I'm at the Manning Passing Academy and uh, I'm standing with Justin Herbert and he was like the big draw. And uh, he'd come back to Oregon. He was, everybody thought he was going to be the first pick in the draft, all this stuff. And, and Burrow w- was in the room. And he was supposed to be a third-round pick. All this stuff, and go, you know, go out, start watching these guys. And Burrow hung with Herbert. He hung with everybody that that was in that camp that day, and um, came out of it with with pretty good reviews. And then you know goes through everything in, in LSU, puts up the biggest, you know, arguably the biggest college quarterback uh, season ever in history. And all I could, all I thought of was thinking like at the Manning of passing like, I guess that's supposed to be a third round pick. You know, he would, it would seem to be like he'd be overshadowed at this event and he wasn't at all. And, and he looked like he fit in. He looked very relaxed and he looked like he was in his element. That's him. That's how he is all the time, whether it's on the field, off the field, whether he's behind 21 to three, whether they're up by, you know, 14 points, he's very much that, that kind of a leader. And, you know, that that has is such a significant part of the bill to, to hit on a quarterback, but hit on a quarterback who brings almost everything to the table that you need as a franchise. But then you talk about the Rams. They don't have a first round pick for the next couple of years. They trade uh, all of their big, you know, blue chip assets to go get proven players. And when you talk to people in the league, they see the benefits of. They talk more about the Rams because what the Rams um, do is a little bit more of a rarity. Most teams don't want to part with first-round draft picks. They don't want to give away draft capital. They don't want to have top-heavy rosters where you have five or six players that are almost all making near-max contracts for their positions. Um, and yet the Rams have succeeded in doing that. And like some general managers will tell you, like, I get it. I get wanting to go out and get a proven commodity. The, the flip side of that, though, is just always having to deal with the money of a proven commodity, but they've managed to do that largely because they're scouts and their you know, uh, general manager, and they're, they've been able to call talent in the middle to later rounds of the draft that has been able to fill holes admirably. So it's a diff, more, I think it's a more difficult build, honestly, with the Rams because mm-hmm. there's just so much more complication. <clears throat> and if even one of those players that you're paying, you know, 18, 20, $25 million to breaks down, all of a sudden, yeah. that's a catastrophic
2: loss for your team. Or even just from a chemistry standpoint, that's a lot of egos. There's a lot of voices. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of characters in that locker room that yeah, have all come right. together, pulling in the right. same direction. Um, so 20 years after the tuck rule, uh, the Raiders have tapped into the Patriot way. And as Michael Hawley often reminds me, yeah. Bill O'Brien is the, 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 the shiniest and tastiest fruit off of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. You actually were the first person that I remember, but I don't pay attention, admittedly, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you are the first person to bring it up, uh, to bring up Josh McDaniels resurfacing, given the job that he did with Mac Jones. I think after he pulled out of Indianapolis, not a lot of people nationally, at least, Michael, uh, gave him much thought as getting a, a second opportunity as a head coach, but here he is, um, head coach of the uh, Raiders, uh, who also tapped into the Patriot way for the general manager spot as well. Uh, why... Why should Raiders fans in particular, but the rest of us, believe that Josh McDaniels will succeed in a way that he didn't in Denver or that most Bill Belichick assistants don't? Don't. Right. Don't. It's um, a good question. I, I, what, what
5: I like about Josh's career, okay, is that he got away from Tom, okay, and he had a little bit of success with Cam Newton you know, um, for a very brief window there, but then he got a chance to start fresh, you know, with Mac Jones. And I think he he clearly did a lot of really good things with Mac Jones and Mac Jones got a lot of talent to work with. Um, but I I always feel like the measure is to get out from underneath the break. Like it's, it's every, everyone who goes a field, um, other than like Mike Vrabel and, and, you know, um, as you said, Bill O'Brien, it tends to struggle, particularly offensive coaches, tend to struggle once they get away from a Tom Brady. I, If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm sitting there going, okay, well, Josh got the Broncos' job at a very young age, um, carried a titanic ego with him, that immediately um, he ran into significant issues with Jay Cutler, which, you know, is a, now, now in the long view of history, by the way, even that is a little less... Um, but now knowing what we know about Jay, which, by the way, we didn't necessarily know at the time in Denver, it, it, you can understand why those two were cross with each other pretty quickly in that program. Um, I, you know, I just think maybe you got to see if he's learned. I, I will also say this. He made really good hires in Indianapolis before he bailed on that job. Like, he, like Matt <laughs> yeah. Eberflus. Matt Eberflus <laughs> yeah. was an unbelievable gift. For, that he left behind, you know, like, Hey, come, come. And, you know, Iberflus obviously a head coach you know, gets a head coaching job, did a fantastic job as DC in Indianapolis. So I would tend to believe that at least in um, the second opportunity that he had with Indianapolis, he knew he wasn't afraid to go get coaches that he was probably going to lose to potentially being head coaches later. I don't, I don't want to jump on the, the Josh train too much here because again, I am very wary of um the, you know what happens with Patriots coaches when they depart that system. By the way, Flo,
2: Flo did all right. <laughs> like Flo got fired. Flo, yeah, but, and you mentioned oh, Vrabel too. Oh, no, okay. I mean, is it? Yeah, yeah I mean, is, Vrabel, is it definitely Vrabel over Vrabel, Vrabel, Michael, or, or Vrabel doesn't count?
1: But, but Vrabel's not on Vrabel's not on the tree. Yeah, does, he's on you don't go, think so? Why? Because he, he never coached no. in New England. Is that why? He was a Bill Belichick player for eight years. Went to Kansas City. Went to Ohio State. Uh, gotcha. Coach with the Texans. I mean, it's not really. Ooh, okay, but, but who it, did he coach? He's okay, tree adjacent. He co- he's tree adjacent.
5: He, he, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's somewhat. Okay, I will say he's somewhat adjacent. But he spent a really long time in the program as a player. And then what did he do? He went and coached um, and really made his bones as a coach in the NFL. Under who? Bill O'Brien. Another. I mean, like it's, it's you know, Romeo Cornell. Right. I mean, there are, there are other guys yeah. around him. You're right. I, you're right. He's adjacent. But I still consider him at least somewhere in that orbit because everything about him was was sort of built into what that culture was, and both as a player and then the other coaches that he coached with alongside on the NFL level when he saw success. So you're right; I'll give you that. But I, I tried to tried to sneak one by it, and of course, you're sneak not you're not there. you're not being graceful. And I'm wearing my own glasses, it, by the way; they're not my wife's. So.
1: <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> <laughs> These are, hey um, man. Oh, um, okay. Tom Forbes, I no. I'm just, I'm just hating. I'm just hating. Those, those are nice, yeah. you know. Look. Yeah. Um, but hey, Charles, I do want to ask you on a coaching point. Uh, as we are on the doorstep of Black History Month, I'm glad to see that the Rooney Rule is working so well, and that the hires are, well, not exactly, not exactly going in that direction. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I do want to ask you. And there are other openings, and maybe there will be some African American coaches hired uh, for Still head coaching jobs, left. GMs. Jim's good, head coaching not so much. But out yep. of the hires that we've seen so far, who's the best one? Is it Josh? And if not Josh, who who's the one that you think? Okay, I like this. he had a lot of potential. I can see this this coach doing very well. I like Brian Dayball. Take a
2: okay Dayball. Okay,
5: I, I'll be honest with you. I do. I like Brian Dayball. I think I think Dayball has got a chance to have some success in New York. Um, you know, I I think the fact that he went through a little bit of adversity, you know, with Buffalo, it wasn't all um, upside all the time. There were times where he was criticized for some of his game planning. Um, I think he did a really good job with Josh Allen. Doesn't get a ton of credit with that for that. Like I, here's the thing about Josh. Um, He, he is an exquisite player, um, but people have quickly forgotten how much of a project he really was coming into the NFL. I mean, there were people who were like, he might be three years before you really start to see the upside of that guy. That's not true. Um, they saw upside immediately with him and he built every single off season. And when you talk to Josh, he will tell you a huge part of my growth. Um, and my development was working with Brian Dayball and not only the confidence he had in me, but also, you know, learning how to lead the room, um, from maturity standpoint, just a lot of detail oriented things that he talks about. And I I'm, I am very appreciative for the success that Allen has had and the steps that he took every single year. I I just feel like we got here so quickly people forgot that it was a process and he did need to get better, and there was some awful film on him in year one. There was some awful film on him in year two. He wasn't you know, where where he was now. We're all thinking, oh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going at So I I really like that one. Let me give you a GM one because I brought his name up on this show. Um, you did. We I remember. Were, were, I,
1: that's that's why. That's yep. That's that's why I remember yeah. him.
5: Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who I told you that part of changing the culture of the NFL was going to start to get black executives who have trees. You know what? And Andrew yeah. Barry now has a tree. He met a guy yep. in an elevator bank, <laughs> cut a relationship with him, <laughs> learned about you know, brought him in, put him in charge of. Um, you know football operations. I mean, it was a big deal, and um, you know, so for him, for the Vikings to to bring him in, I think was was great. And by the way, yeah, he met with David Tepper. You know, David Tepper just did a "Want to know what this guy's all about" interview. Wasn't going to hire yeah. him as GM, but really wanted to meet with him. And and Andrew's yeah. like, yeah, green lit it. Go. He and Andrew knew. I Andrew knew that David Tepper probably wasn't going to hire him as a GM, but Andrew wanted mm. that for crazy to be able to go and meet with an owner
2: see what it's like and I think it paid off because for so long Michael I know you want to jump back in but I just want to say for so long um, black executives were promoted more often than they were hired externally. So so far 0 for four uh, on the head coaching yeah, hires that's a problem still with one yeah. black coach five vacancies to go. So there's still some hope but yeah, it's absolutely a good Let thing me, to, to recognize it. Two more black GMs in Chicago and Minnesota. Sorry, and l- I know l- you guys both. L-
5: yeah, I just want to give you one thing that's gonna that I'm waiting to see what happens here, and that is what happens with uh, Josh McCown and the Texans. Well, that's because, what I was gonna go there with
2: you. I was gonna go there with you. I okay, was definitely go yeah, there with
5: you. Yeah, because I, I, there was part of me. What the hell? There was part of me that when David Culley was hired, I had a conversation with another executive, and I said tell me I'm out of my mind here. Like, tell me this is just a whack conspiracy theory that they are hiring someone who is going to be easy to move on from because they know they can't hire Josh McCown now because it was hot. When Josh McCown came in, everybody was after Jack Easterby. They're losing their minds. It was crazy that, that they had even interviewed Josh McCown in the first go round. Everything seemed like it was going wrong. And I said to this executive, I said, is there any chance that that and this is and this is my conspiratorial mind working here. They're hiring somebody to get to Josh in, and I said two years. I didn't say a year. I said two years. Yeah. And I feel like there's this element right now now they're talking to flow and you know, but Josh McCown gets the second interview and all these different things. I'm kind of like, are they banging around in the garage right now to make you think they're doing a lot of work, but really they're already done with their work? Like they they know who they're going to hire. They just need to make it look good and dress it up as much as they possibly can. It, because, they can't. Uh,
2: if they end up with McCown, it's just going to look bad regardless. And I like Josh as a person, right? But if they hire oh, McCown, I that's. I mean, they don't get everything this, they deserve. This,
5: yeah, I, I I like Josh as a person. I like him as a leader. I think Josh could make a great. He coach. doesn't deserve this. I just don't know this. Yeah. I mean, the whole, this whole idea of like, you know, you have to earn it, you know, if you're everybody else. And if you're a black head coach, you got to earn it times 10. Right. I don't know, man. This is, it's just a bad look. If that happens, it may not, not it may not, I might be wrong here. Okay. But it's going to be, it's not going to go over well. I can tell you that.
1: You know, and, and one more thing, uh, Charles, I know I'm so glad you brought that up because I remembered, I started watching Quasi Adolfo Mensa after you brought him up on the show. And one of the things that stood out to me, and I know uh, present Company, we get that, we don't think like this. Some people might. I was so happy to see over the weekend this to the reports that he was reaching out to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Because yeah. For, for some people uh, of a certain mind, if they, think, okay, Oh, you just want a black GM. So you can come in and bring a chocolate city kind of operation here. You want you want a you want a uh, NFL team to be an HBCU don't you? Okay, look, no, we are talking about opportunities. So I think it's so smart for him to reach out to Harbaugh why because Harbaugh might be one of the best candidates if not the best candidate yeah. who might be available. And if you're a first-time GM you're getting in there like, hey, I want to stay here. I want to be successful. You bring him in, your chances of success go up 20, 25, 30%. So I, I thought that was a really a smart reach out. I yeah. don't know if it's gonna turn into hey, anything, but I, I, it was it was really good to see.
5: He went straight for the fences, his first cut. <laughs> He's like, yeah. all right, we're gonna do this. He's like, all up. right, let's
1: let's go. Yeah. Now he I'm not taking this has, pitch.
5: <laughs> he and you know, but here's the thing too. He has a background with Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, they both spent time in the 49ers together way back in the day. And, and, but that's the thing. Like if you're sitting there, I, I, the, the way I looked at it was, this is awesome. Um, you have a guy who's coming in and he's going, I'm not going to be intimidated by going and hiring somebody with, a, you know, potentially hiring somebody with an extremely commanding personality who has a history for grinding, you know, uh, the personnel department has a history for grinding coaching staffs for, po- you know, forcing that workload and you know, sometimes I think you can get GMs who come in, particularly young GMs, who sit there and go, Man, that's the first person I really want to like bring in. Like, you know, you get a little in- I don't want to say intimidated, but you you Jim Harbaugh is not going to be the easiest head coach to manage. He never has been anywhere. Okay. But that's fine. He's a winner. And that's what ultimately yeah. you're you're reaching for here. So I I I thought it was a pretty For lack of a better term, I mean it's pretty ballsy. (laughs) Like it was good for him to to immediately go after the big fish.
2: Davo McDaniels, um, Eberflus, and Hackett off the board. Saints, Jags, Mm -hmm. Vikings. We just talked about Texans. We just talked about. Although, like, I wish they could be relegated. I really do at this point. Um, And the Dolphins, which I guess I find it hard to believe that the Dolphins and Stephen Ross would let somebody else, even though Ross said, I'm not gonna be the guy take it from Michigan. You'll let somebody else do it. That'll be interesting to see. So last question five openings left. What's the I mean, you're obviously watching all of them. What's the interview the match the search the team. That's really, you know, you, you're honed in on it. I mean the Jags interview Rich Basaccia is smart, even though the yeah. Jags continue to find new and creative ways. To make this more difficult than it needs to be, Jim Caldwell, Byron Leftwich, pick one. Shouldn't be that hard. Um, right. What's the search that's, I guess, that you're that you're most uh, interested in, for lack of a better question?
5: They brought Jags brought them, big fan Fangio 2 Don't forget that.
2: <laughs> like the Jags, yeah, are, I saw that. Yeah. They're yeah. They're,
5: uh, they're flying everybody in. Um, man, that's a really good question. Um, well, I I I mean, we talked about it already. I mean, I'm I'm really interested to see. I mean, the uh, Har- Harbaugh is – I'm more focused on Harbaugh right now. I think I'm, I'm gotcha. looking at Harbaugh does, because it's yeah. – Yeah, because it's, it's obvious to me that you don't take the, the Minnesota interview unless you're really serious about potentially getting back in the NFL. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm staring at that, and then I'm staring at Stephen Ross, as you said. And, yeah. and I'm thinking, like, Stephen Ross has got to be going – I mean, if he's going to leave – do, am I really just going to, I'm going to opt out of this. I'm not even going to check in and, and see if there's any way to, to bring him into Miami. Um, I, I think Harbaugh is the big piece on the board still that everybody is mm-hmm. sort of, of, of staring at. I thought, I thought other than Harbaugh, like McDaniels was, you know, if he was going to leave, you know, in reality it was going to be for what was deemed to be a good situation. That was the Raiders beyond the Raiders. Let me, let me put the question back to you. What's now the best situation on the board because they're, you know, it's, the Raiders was a, uh, Raiders is a good spot. Like low key, like the Raiders is a really good spot. It's a it's a stadium that's jammed. It's you know it's a, a the facilities are all new. Everything's the owner is pretty easy going. You know he lets you do your thing. Like I don't. I, so you tell me what's the one on the board that you're like okay hey, now.
1: Listen, Mike, Mike, let me take this. After seeing what the Cincinnati Bengals have done, it's got to be Jacksonville, right? He got ain't nowhere to go pit, but
2: Hey, I told hey, him, like, Urban, Meyer, Urban Meyer somehow made the job better than when he got it and he was set up to succeed like no coach yep. in history has been set up to succeed. He screwed it up. Now the next guy, that's why they, that's why big Fangio's an upgrade. Like, oh, okay, we'll take seven and nine. We'll take seven and ten. Yeah. Like, oh, there's nowhere what to about go going the up GM, in Jacksonville. Though? But what about the GM? Bro? Yeah, well, that's, that's an issue. Hey, yeah. well, well, listen, maybe that's
1: a pretty <laughs> big issue, man. But maybe, <laughs> But maybe that's why Byron left, which that's why the thing right. is kind of ho- held up a little bit. Hey, you, you trying to keep Trent bulky Vikings got talent. Me? I
3: mean,
2: it ain't a, it ain't a bad job. To take over Dalvin cook uh, and, and Justin listen, Jefferson, listen, but the, Vikings, and the, the Saints vi- would
5: all they go ahead. Vikings, the uh, Key, I mean, the Vikings do. That's a good job. Like I don't if that's you look job. at the roster. Yeah, you look at the roster. There's a lot there. Okay, There's a, the skill position pieces are nice. The quarterback, well, the Saints, you can say whatever you want about Kirk Cousins, but you know what? Like, it, he's, it's better to have the 15th best quarterback in the league than yeah, the 27th, enough. you know?
2: Yeah, he'll, he'll buy you a couple years. I was just going to say as we go to break, the Saints, you know, look, as, as bad as the cap situation is, at least that's yeah. an organization. Like, Mickey Loomis, you could have worse GMs to work with. You know what I mean? They at least have a track record. Of yeah. roster construction. So the Saints, and, and there's going to be some talent left over after the, after the cap, you know, Yeah, uh, was... reconstruction, if you will. There'll be some talent there. All right. Hey, appreciate you, Chuck. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, guy. All
1: right, Chuck. Chuck. I love it. Chuck.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I wouldn't call it surreal. I would say it's exciting. You know, I think if you would have told me before the season that we'd be going to the Super Bowl, I probably would have called you crazy, but then, you know, we played a whole season, and, you know, nothing surprises me now. I know the kind of guys that we have and the team that we have, so, you know, there's there's still one left. We're excited about this one, but, you know, we'll celebrate tonight and then move on. It's just great, you know, the situation that I'm in socially doesn't really feel real to me because, you know, in my head, I'm just the same old guy, but, you know, I... You know, my, one of my idols growing up, Kid Cuddy reached out to me yesterday. You got LeBron tweeting at me or whatever you said it was. I mean, that's just, that part is surreal. The football part, not so much. That stuff, that
2: stuff is crazy. One of my that's idols, great. Kid Cudi. Uh, we can be Kid so Cudi. old, man. That's dope. So listen. That's dope. That's dope. Listen, I know, man. I love it. I love it. I love I'm gonna it. I'm going to tell you something. You know, as much as I have flexed, as much as I have done a victory lap, as much as I have sprained my arm or my shoulder or pat myself on the back, um, 21-3, come on, man. Like, I wasn't sitting there at 21-3 being like, oh, the Bengals got this. I mean, come on, like, really? It looked like it was about to be a long day and I was already preparing my concession speech to you today. Um, I, don't, I would say I didn't start to believe a lot of people think that the turning point, and it was a big play, that the turning point was the end of the first half when yeah. the Chiefs were at the one and got nothing. When Tyreek Hill got tackled in bounds and Andy Reid had burned the extra timeout unnecessarily earlier, uh, so they didn't have the timeout, and they and it was 21-10 at the half. I didn't really start to believe until BJ Hill's interception that set up the chase touchdown. That's when I started running. Right. Because even at that point, I was like, it's still an uphill climb. They were getting off the field, but they weren't quite converting on offense very much. But then and it but then when the BJ Hill pick happened, I was like, okay, Bam, we got action. That's when I started to believe. When did you start to think that this might go the other way? Halftime Halftime, okay, right before the because half. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, right before it happened, that. Was a, that was a huge play because I remember the other game like that. I remember the it was also twenty one to three Looked like it was going the other way. Patriots in in, in Indianapolis, 2006. Mersante Samuel got a touchdown, pick six. They're feeling good. But what happened there? Now see this, in that situation, it was 21-3. Everybody thinks it was 21-3 at at halftime in that game. It wasn't. It was Mm 21-6 because the Colts came down, got a field goal just before the half, and you could see they had momentum. So an 18-point lead, 15 points, you think that's no big deal, but it was I t- I'm telling you when when Kansas City messed that up Mike at the end of the half. I said these dudes are messing around as if this is not a conference championship game. I can't believe that they allowed Patrick Mahomes to talk them out of it. Mahomes apparently went to Andy Reid and said I need one more shot. Give me one more. Nah, man. Now nah, you can't have another shot. <laughs> hey, we didn't get a touchdown there. We're not going to walk off this field without points. when it was 21 to 10 and they walked in, it just felt like the energy and it's like the energy left that stadium that should be called Arrowhead Stadium. It's not. And even when, even when the, uh, when the Bengals got their got the touchdown and the two point conversion, it's still only 21, 21. It's still a tie game. They didn't seem right to me. They didn't seem right. They just couldn't. They couldn't snap out of it. I,
2: well, listen, I don't know. I, I think it, I don't know that it was just a momentum thing. And, and I know momentum is, 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 is we, you know, we love to kind of try to identify it and when it shifts or whatever, that was a huge play at the end of the half. Obviously, you know, it's, it's over at they score right there. It was deflating. It was deflating. But when, they, when the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half, all right, and the, the Bengals got the field. The Bengals got the ball and I remember being deflated when the Bengals didn't do anything with it because they really wanted to keep the momentum. You stop them at the end of the first half, you stop them to start the second half and then you get the ball and it's like, okay, now you can put something on the board. But they didn't. It took the Bengals, and then the Bengals got a field goal and then the aforementioned reception. Jeez, felt like see, I felt like the halftime yeah. show just now. Yeah. Um, anyway, it took the Bengals a while to get going. So it wasn't until this that I was like, okay, and that's two minutes left in the third. So what I'm saying is this was really about the Bengals underrated defense that I told you earlier. I regret it. You don't think they're underrated defense or you don't think the defense No, 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 no.
1: I'm saying that's not what the story, to me, like, give them credit. They deserve all the credit in the world. They deserve credit for taking care of business, not messing around and they finished the deal.
2: They also but, had a, I, I, a really I, smart say, adjustment. Uh, they, they started to drop more people in the coverage in the second half and frustrate Patrick Mahomes. Conversely, okay, the, I'll, the, I'll the Chiefs this, got cute. The Chiefs got cute. They got cute yes. at the end of the first right. half. And then yes. so that's 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 uh, that's goal of the end going in the, end of the, the game. first game the oh my God, that's okay. As much as we gave the Bills grief rightfully so for blowing the Word. last 13 seconds Listen. last week. Honestly, Michael, this is worse. This is worse yeah, because my, the, cheap, the, the, the 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 Bengals have no timeouts. You are at the five yard line, and you take back to back sacks. You have to settle for a field goal. You should be walking off again, game and, over. But they tried to manipulate and the not even settle perfectly, and, and not even settle. Oh my
1: god! Not even settle for a field goal. Hope, hope. Some people hope. We wish they had to hope for that a field a goal. Be, that was a That was a because. That it, was
2: a they choked a, The field
1: goal was longer than it than it needed to be. Look, yeah. if I were if I were from Missouri or Kansas, horseback yeah. walking or riding, I'd be mad. I'd be so furious with my team right now. And all that yeah. all the Andy Reid stuff that he had to deal with early in his career, time management, all the things that we heard about the Chiefs early in, in the head. season when they didn't look like the same, yeah. it all came back at the worst time. What were they thinking? It, it it really feels like and it's hard. It's hard to say it this way bad. because you want to give you want to give Cincinnati credit. Right, right, right. But It, it was a great comeback. It, feels it like, was both. It could be both. But it feels like it's a, a major squander. It's like one of those it things could be both. like when you were a kid, like when you were a kid and and you get like like you get like 100 dollars in your pocket. You know, give a kid 100 dollars in your pocket. Check in a couple days later, how much money you got? Well, can I borrow five? What what happened? What happened? You had so many opportunities. You had so much money. You had all of that, and you got nothing. Great comebacks.
2: Great comebacks do not happen without some cooperation. And the Chiefs will look back at the end of the first half and the end of the game. It's right there for them to win. But in between those two things, give credit to a Bengals defense that takes a backseat to the offense, but stepped up and frustrated and flummoxed. Patrick Mahomes to where they went six straight drives without points and three points over their last eight possessions I believe it was and those last three points came like we just described at the end of regulation but listen you referenced it a minute ago Michael Uh, perfect timing to have uh, have a guest here actually let's take a break Um, because we're going to come back and we're going to talk to the person who knows exactly what it feels like, or one of the people who know exactly what it feels like, to come back from down 18 and win the AFC Championship game. It's good to have Tony Dungy on your staff. You call him up and be like, Coach, you did this one. You've been there, coach. done that, got the t-shirt. So we'll talk to yeah. Coach Dungy uh, on the other side. He's
1: going to coach us up on this. he got a lot of coaching, a lot of coaching stuff in this game, right?
5: What has made this work? What, what, you know? How, how rejuvenated do you feel, and what, what? Why has it worked so well for you here? It's just
0: it's been everything, you know, from McVeigh, Stafford, Coop, just uh, being integrated into the plan, taking me in, you know, just pushing me for excellence. The 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 weight room, every everything about this place is right and it's done right, um, and it's just been an incredible opportunity um, that I feel like just trying to make the most of. And you know, here we are playing in the Super Bowl one game away from our dreams and keep going.
2: I'm happy for a lot of people uh, in the Rams organization. Uh, Yeah. You know, whether it's Aaron Donald, obviously getting another shot, whether it's uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, the much maligned Matthew Stafford, Uh, but nobody's taking more crap than Odell Beckham. Um, He's probably the person I'm happiest for given uh what's happened in his career since New York, uh the end in Cleveland, it ended badly, which everything ends badly, otherwise it wouldn't end. Um and mm-hmm. so for him, for many people to think that not only was he finished, but that he was a malcontent who could not be part of a winning program, for him to go and fit in alongside the best receiver in the league and to accept his role and to flourish in his role. A lot of them was like, oh, okay, well, he's going to want his targets. He's going to want his touches. Can he ride a shotgun with a Cooper Cup. They ended up needing him because Robert Woods got hurt. Um, I'm happiest for him, but I got to tell you, Big Mike, when Kittle caught that touchdown, I, I, didn't, I didn't see it. I, I, I thought, wow, the, the 49ers really do have the Rams number. And then, yeah. what was the turning point for you? They don't win it without Beckham, though. What was the turning point for you?
1: Yeah, uh, I I wasn't feeling good about that touchdown either. Right over the middle. Nice. He's wide open, by the way. Uh, Jimmy G finds him. It's 17-7. They running out of time. It's the fourth quarter. Um, But look, the turning point was that it sounds obvious, but it's the next touchdown. The the, the response from San Francisco, excuse me, the response from the Rams. Why? Mm -hmm. Because now it's a one possession game in the fourth quarter. And that's where it comes back to the biggest weakness for the 49ers. I I know we talked about it on Friday. Jimmy G is your quarterback. That's your guy. (laughs) Jimmy G.
2: Look, yeah, <laughs> I was having such a Jimmy, great dance. you remind me. reminded me of that take. <laughs> hey, no, what well, Look, I always because uh,
1: believe it or not, he's still a topic in New England. People love. Hey, you don't think the Patriots to go get Jimmy G should they should they have brought in Jimmy G over Mac and all kind of stuff. I said, look, I told them I will take Jimmy G's weapons. You can keep Trey Lance and Jimmy G there. Just give me all his weapons. Give me Kittle. Give me Ayuk, uh, give me Debo, give me Elijah Mitchell, give me all the weapons because what Kyle Shanahan has done a really good job of and jo- and John Lynch they've done a really good job of surrounding Jimmy with really terrific talent and hiding him in a sense. But when you say, "All right, bro, you got to win the game for us or you need to you're going to need to make a lot of throws in the fourth quarter when they know you're throwing." When they know you're going to throw it, you're going to, you're going to have to save us. And you realize, I didn't know this. You know he's got an NFL high, eight interceptions, under pressure. When Jimmy G is under pressure, he leads the NFL in interceptions. That's an amazing stat to me. It's eight. Eight interceptions. So, Hold second. he's not a... Yeah, he's not a guy. I don't know who's second. No, I'm like, who second
2: say they might have seven. I get they might have seven. I guess. Okay, Doesn't matter. Look, we, he, he's he the leader. He is who he is. He's a clubhouse he, he, leader. <laughs> well, you know? I'm glad you said that. You said it facetiously. I mean, I'm saying it seriously. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo is who he is. Okay, but I don't believe I just don't believe that a team wins as many games as it has in spite of anybody least of all somebody at the most important position or I don't believe they can hi- you can't hide somebody that long. So is he is he right? is he That's a why great they made quarterback? No. That's why they made well, the trade cuz they can't hide him that it, okay. long. They well they've hidden they him for the last few can, years. If, yeah, if you said they've hit him they at they've hidden him at a high level for the last few years. Now,
3: and they all they I'm saying
2: about Jimmy Garoppolo is it, let me ask you a question. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo wow. will have a trade market? Even dare I say a strong trade market in the offseason. Will he have suitors? I think, I think he will, but it, but not at his numbers.
1: So he, what does he have? Like twenty? Do right his cap charge 25 like 25, 26 million. Okay, no.
2: So just so uh, but just so we're clear, if you slash that in half, if you slash that in half, yeah, yes, of course he would. So just so we're clear, that's all I was ever saying about this Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kyle Shanahan thing, is that I don't think if if they love him. And he loves them, and they've been so good together. Restructure his contract, bring him back, let them compete. Trey Lance for all his ability and all of his makeup and intangibles that he possesses, and we but we experience a little bit of it when we interviewed him on this show. Okay? Oh yeah. Fantastic. Kid's the real deal. Yeah. You okay? Yes, he is. There's no harm and bringing him along slowly. Now, if he's ready, he's ready and Jimmy get, Jimmy G gets beat out and he's the backup. Let them compete even though you know how it's going to end. I'm saying if Jimmy G can go f- play for other teams in the league, which I believe he can for all his flaws, then Jimmy G can come back to San Francisco on a reduced rate and be a bridge for whenever Trey Lance is ready. If Trey Lance is ready from jump next year. Great. Awesome. That's what they traded up for him because Jimmy G was hurt all the time and he has shortcomings. That we saw yesterday. But let's be fair, and I don't want to pile on. Jaquisky Tart dropped the punt. I'm sorry, an interception. That could have yeah, put the he game did. away. and but so did Jalen Ramsey. So Ramsey. So did Jalen Ram- Ram- Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey dropped one, too. But here was the big one. Okay, and I read you the stat earlier. I'm going to read it again because it's a different part of the show. Last yeah, okay. three seasons, teams other than the 49ers were 23-0 when leading by 10 or more points in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. The Niners are now 3-2. and two. The other one, of course, was the Super Bowl two years ago. Last three years would not include 28-3. And we know who the offensive coordinator for that was. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan is not blameless here because in the fourth quarter, Ooh. it's 4-2. From it's fourth and two, but after this, it's fourth and two. Oh Oh no! Actually, I think it was before this. Might have been before this. It's fourth and two from the Rams' 45. Fourth and two. Fourth and two. You think you're the most physical team? You think you can run the ball? You convert a fourth and two from Rams territory? We may be having a different conversation. So that was a huge. Remember we talked earlier about the Chiefs and the Bengals, like every comeback needs a choke cooperation. The Rams coming back from 10, hey, props to them. Props to Aaron Donald for pulling that group together and saying whatever yeah. needed to be said. Yeah. Props to T- Matthew Stafford T- for T- making the throws it okay. needed to make. Okay. But all those things sound okay. great after the fact okay. when the Niners collapsed and it wasn't just okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. It okay. was Kyle Shanahan right. as well.
1: Okay, okay, all right, okay, okay, okay. okay.
2: Okay. 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 Okay.
1: Okay. 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 All right. And don't come out your mouth with Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I <was just> <laughs> That's, that okay. Okay. guys okay, sound like ruckus. Anyway. Um, look Kyle Shanahan has a lot in common with Sean McVay and they both found themselves in position in the last year where they said, where they just they said, okay, I can only go so far with this situation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. maybe people on the on the outside looking in don't think it's untenable. I think it's untenable. From where I'm trying to go, I'm trying to be great. I'm trying. Yes. I, I want greatness, and I can't do this. I can't do this anymore with uh, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo in Kyle Shanahan's case, or uh, a, a Jared Goff. And in Sean McVay's case, so like you said, you are talking about all this stuff, like hey, ten points, all this stuff. Sean McVay, I mean, Kyle Shanahan can only do so much. You've got a Mm -hmm. ten-point lead. I can't, I can't think for you, man. Like Jimmy, at some point, a quarterback is going to have to make plays. Got to make plays, baby. Hey, Jimmy, I'm saying this wrong. Jimmy, Jimmy missed a guy, George Kittle, wide open. In the first quarter, the game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was
2: if Jimmy had done his job. Not only can I hear Jimmy, I can see Jimmy. I'm not blind. Jimmy plays like he's blind, but I'm watching Jimmy try to throw it to another team. I am not caping up for Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's what I'm laughing at. Here's why I'm smiling. I'm smiling because when the Niners traded up in the draft, see, like you're preaching to the choir. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, do that, do that again, do that again. <laughs> of course, I remember when they traded up in the draft. I'm like, obviously, they're trading up for a quarterback because Kyle Shanahan's daddy made his legend off of quarterbacks like Steve Young and John Elway, who were dual threat quarterbacks or, or, or guys that could right. that hurt you with their legs or could improvise. Kyle Shanahan wants to take his offense to another level. And you, you. Wanted in the draft. Another tight end. You want to say, Oh, you got a Super Bowl roster. Best Get the player, best, player best player in player. the draft. Get the best. So, the the best so my how the tables have turned where you're how telling nice me how nice that, that that look, how much, Well, that with the same good. quarterback that could only do so much. So I agree with you because I told you yeah. all this months ago. what I'm saying today is that you've won a lot of games with Jimmy or in spite of Jimmy, If that's what you prefer to think if he if if they have such a thing with him and vice versa. Could he come back unless unless he wants to go and be a bridge somewhere else wherever he goes. He's not the long-term answer. He's a stopgap wherever he goes be a stopgap in San Francisco. That's all I'm saying because plenty of great quarterbacks. They don't do it as much now as they used to but plenty of great quarterbacks have spent some time on the bench, got a little more seasoning. I'm pretty sure there's a guy in Green Bay that sat for three years. Could he have been good a year or two earlier? Probably so. Could he have been good as a rookie? Probably. Could the Niners have been in the Super Bowl if Trey Lance had been a quarterback? Not only yesterday, but long before. Maybe. We'll never know. But they've won games with Jimmy, bring him back, have a quarterback competition, which Trey will probably Uh win. And now you got your backup. How bad is that? It's probably Let me say this.
1: In, in, in the famous words, the very poetic words of Chris Parker, also known as KRS one. The bridge is over. <laughs> All right. The bridge is over. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. But I'll say was well done. But I'll say that this. Was well done. But I'll say good this. Um, that's not gonna you put to this be. on good. All right. Good. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, you know what I'm, I'm not going to put the 10 point This this whole 10 point thread that we got going on Kyle Shannon, oh, what's the common denominator? Just like in, a, in the Super Bowl when well, they were up Jimmy 20 too. to 10.
2: <laughs> right, it's Jimmy right. the last well, two Jimmy. Times. <laughs> But it's Jimmy.
1: I'll put, yeah. Look, I'll put part of 28-3 on Kyle Shanahan. Hey, run the ball, and the game's mm-hmm. over. Kick a field goal, you're up by 11, they don't have enough time. I'll put that on him.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: They're up 10 points in the, in the Super Bowl. Jimmy melts down. The problem is he melts down when the game gets tight. And the big games get tight, mm-hmm. he melts down. Regular season big games, he's fine. Games that have championship implications,
2: I don't trust. Okay, them. Jimmy, and they don't. Tr- okay, well, and J- they don't hey, trust Jimmy. Jimmy, don't put me in this position. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like you know he melts <laughs> down. Just you gotta, you gotta appreciate what an explosive element this Jimmy situation is, and don't put him in that position where you're relying on him. Run the ball on fourth That's and right. two, and they ain't going the other way and scoring a touchdown. But they lost. But you noticed- the Rams are moving yeah. on? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you got something else you want to say on that? Now,
1: haven't you noticed? Though, so I, I thought this is, this is something that, that I noticed yesterday. It really was was bothering me. It almost came back to bite the Rams when it, it was, was fourth and short, and they you have Matthew Stafford on a sneak, and he comes up yeah. really an inch short, an inch short. Yeah,
2: yeah. Where
1: where where are my, where are my big boys at? Where are my big where are my where are my John Riggins types? Where are my big fat fullback running back? Okay, I'm running, you know I'm running, come on and stop us. Or, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, where's Marcus, where are the Marcus Allens of the world, the short yarded short specialists, you know they're about to get the rock, and you can't do anything about it. I think it really hurt Kansas City yesterday, they didn't have a, when, you, when they're in running situations, and the quarterback's in the shotgun. And your quarterback is, is a runner, but he's not a Josh Allen runner. He's not going like to like run you over. What happened to those guys?
2: I'll tell you what. Listen, Lois of Keys, talking about how that, game, how that game turned in the second half. Look, the biggest problem in the first half was Jerick McKinnon. Because whereas Joe Mixon kept running into a brick wall, and Cincinnati was in second and third and long over and over again, every time you look, Kansas City was in second and short. It was, right. like, it was like like uh, Jarek McKinnon was killing them early in that game. But right. I think what we learned with both of these organizations is they both have a lot more heart than most people traditionally have. Asso- a lot more heart and poise than most people have traditionally associated yeah. with the Cincinnati Bengals or a star-studded L.A. Rams group led by Matthew Stafford. And yesterday was a day for both of them. It was exactly one year to the day. God, it couldn't have been more perfect one year to the day that the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford. They're in a the Super Bowl and a bunch was of narratives really? with both. Wait a minute. Exactly one year. Exactly one year. Did I bury the lead? I thought it you was knew that. January. Exactly one. January it, it was it was early. It was the first quarterback offseason domino to fall really the really? only one because wow. Rogers didn't go anywhere and Wilson didn't go anywhere and Watson didn't go anywhere. So yeah, it was it, it happened exactly one year and a bunch of narratives were put to bed. We got two minutes left in the show. Um, tomorrow will we be officially telling Tom Brady goodbye or do you it. think he drags out a little bit longer. Tonight's the podcast. No, you don't think he, you don't think he drops it tonight.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, would he want Tonight's to let's get go. in the way of? what he? Okay, that would make sense. Would he, I, I'm thinking like, would he want to get in the way of Super Bowl week? But he's not really getting in the way. This would this would be appropriate. It's not too close. It's not so close to the game where he's going to be the story of it.
2: So yeah, I think that's that, so that overblown. Sense. I appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's real magnanimous of him. Saturday. He could not have consumed Saturday more than he did, and a big reason why he consumed Saturday was because TB12 deleted. Well, but no, but TB12 deleted the tweet, and then it became, uh, well, who's right, and who's wrong, and all everybody chasing the tail. Reporting wise, that's why it was a story on Saturday. It what I didn't care about it once kickoff happened on Sunday. So if Brady announces tomorrow okay. or Wednesday or next week, whenever he does. I don't think Tom Brady greatest of all time can overshadow the Super yeah. Bowl, even with a ba- okay. even a Bengals rams Super Bowl. I don't think so. Even I think the- that's giving Brady a little bit much too much credit because we've expected it. Everybody's been preparing for it the last several weeks If it had just been Tom Brady retires on Saturday. There's there's something about him on Sunday and then the games kick off uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. It's not like everybody would have had a moment of silence or something yeah. at the games or a halftime tribute to him at the games. Like that's overblown He ain't overshadowing anything as far okay. as I could tell. Well,
1: he's going to do it. Well, he, he will do it on his terms. I do believe there will be a some there will be some media some multimedia presentation on, on his retirement. He'll do it his way and maybe he will do it on this podcast even though I'm not sure that's the that's the spot for him. I think I'm thinking of something a little bit more produced. So maybe it is man in the arena the finale the grand finale that you didn't see coming that you weren't supposed to see coming until it's like old oh, school i would have gotten an away with it kids gotten away
2: but like, it's it's kind of anticlimactic at, at this point however he announces it be like eh, okay we knew that was coming because the air is already out of the balloon the toothpaste is already out the tube your thunder's already been stolen i hey man call me crazy i still think he's torn I know you think I'm an idiot. I know you think I'm crazy. I know you think I'm falling for that banana in the tailpipe. I think he's actually torn. I think he's begging Giselle. give me one more year. Just one more year. Give me one more year. I think he's begging the missus. So last
1: one, one more, just one more, please.